Blog Talk Radio. continue to evolve, or is it buried six feet under? Spiritual encounters and unexplained phenomena have intrigued people for centuries, but what if you could find the answer right here, right right now? Welcome to Heavenly Encounters. Where we will talk with everyday people who have had extraordinary experiences and gifted souls that see beyond the veil. Together, we'll diminish our fear of death, explore our soul's evolution, and soften the crippling grief that accompanies loss. Heavenly encounters. You, our listeners, will discover a new world. A fresh reality. A fresh reality. Just a whisper away heavenly encounters so take a deep breath and join us on this fascinating adventure this is heavenly encounters heavenly encounters a journey to the other side heavenly Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, a journey to the other side I am your host Mary Elizabeth broadcasting from Chicago Illinois and I am your co-host Janice broadcasting live from the very wet St. Louis <laughs> Same here. I don't know if it's the storms, if it's the thunder, lightning, what it is, but I apologize for the technical difficulties. It was actually saying that I wasn't even here, so oh. I don't know what that was about. Oh, anyway, well, we I have a very, very unique show tonight. In the past, we have talked with people that have had near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, or even angel encounters. But tonight we are talking with a guest that has been contacted by her deceased sister and son multiple times through dreams. We're going to bring her on in a few minutes, but Janice, first I want to ask you, how common is it for our loved ones to come visit us in our dreams? It is probably a lot more common than people think, especially if you have that door that's open and you're not afraid of it. Uh, I actually went to high school with a... uh, a woman who took care of her mother for a very, very long time it was a guy that I dated. And when her mother finally died, every Wednesday for years, she would get a phone call in her dream. And her mother oh would gosh. be calling. Yeah, her mother would be calling from heaven, and they'd have a long talk on the phone. And that went on for years and years, and that's how her mother contacted her from the other side. Oh, wow. So is there anything that we can do to kind of request these visitations? Oh, I think be open to it. And part of a part of being open to it is making sure that you're not so overcome with loss or sorrow right, or grief. Right. Because that really creates a door that that uh, they can't get through. In some instances it might take a year before they can break down, you know, that door and come to us. But right. the most well, I think part, a lot of times, too, though, people have long illnesses, they have drug addictions, they almost have to heal themselves first before they can even actually come back down and make, us, you know, make a visit. 
Yeah, that's true. And I think that they're controlled because the whole idea is for, their, for them to come and not scare us, but for right. them to come and to help us on our, on our path. So what do you do? Do you meditate? Do you put in a request at night before you go to bed? How can you actually, you know, reach them so they can hear you? A really good way of doing it is trying to program your dreams. Write, you know, say something three times, you know, that you want and write it down three times before you go to bed. Um, Pick a certain time, like 10 o'clock, and make sure that you're there at 10 o'clock, you know, so you're not all over the, the place. And you would be surprised. I mean, eventually you'll get into meditation, and eventually in your dreams they will come to you. So it might not, you know, it might not happen the first time or really even maybe the tenth time, but if you do it long enough, eventually I would think it would actually happen. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we have to, you know, if it's ex- ex- especially if it's a fresh loss, you know, I right. mean, when you get into that point, you're going to be feeling the sorrow and the pain and that, and we have to get past that. Right. Now, the only ones I've really dreamed about, I mean, my parents are still alive. I don't have brothers and sisters. My grandparents passed away quite a long time ago. But I do dream about my cats. And, oh, I'll, you know, I'll think about it. I'll be thinking about, let's say, one of them, especially during the day, and, you know, I could see a blur going by me maybe. Or that night I'll actually, you know, travel back. And what it seems like is traveling back, and there they are, you know, playing with me. Oh, that is great. Well, see, so you've put in, in, in your own way your own request. I put in my own request. How about that? Yes. Huh. Well, wonderful. Well, our guest tonight is Gretchen Umke Flynn, who lost her sister Sarah at a very young age, and then her son Brendan. Her powerful encounters leaves no doubt that death is only an illusion and that a mother's and sister's unbreakable bond and never-ending love has no boundaries. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Welcome, Gretchen. Well, thank you so much. in spite of these amazing experiences that you've had with your son and your sister, I know it is so still truly heartbreaking to have lost them. So thank you so much for sharing this story. I talked to you actually a couple of months ago, and I was just astounded by the connection that you have with both of them. But first, let's start with Sarah. Let's start from the beginning. Well, I think the e- to just kind of jump back a little bit, um, I actually um, believe that I was, um, in a dream state, watching her leave her physical body. Um, she had been sick uh, for a very short time, and finally they had taken her to the hospital and were going to run some tests. Uh, but unfortunately, early in the morning, um, she passed away in her sleep. And it must have been around... They, they, uh, the hospital had said it was about 5 a.m. Now, during the same night, my, my parents had taken her to the hospital on a Saturday night around 6, and they said she had passed away probably Sunday morning around 5. Mm-hmm. Um, during the early morning hours uh, before we got the phone call that she had passed, I was in um, a deep sleep, and in my dream... I had dreamt that I was in a car, and I was following another car ahead of me. And I knew that my sister was in the car that was traveling down a road right in front of me. And I could see her sitting in the back seat of the car with two men, probably in their early 20s, on either side of her. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember it being kind of like um, dawn, but there was no sun. It was kind of gray and cloudy, but enough where I could see. All of a sudden, the car took a sharp right turn and went off the road into a kind of like a uh, a ditch. But there, it wasn't it wasn't like an accident. It just decided it was taking another direction. And um, I remember getting out of my car and walking toward the vehicle, and two men came to me and said, "This is as far as you can go. You've accompanying." you've accompanied her as far as, you know, you can go at this point. And I remember saying in the dream, um, but I just want to make sure she's okay. And they said, um, yes, she is fine. She's going to be fine. Please don't worry about her. And the next thing I know, I woke up uh, to a phone call that my parents answered, and it was a hospital saying that my sister had just passed. So that was probably my first experience with that. Um, her death was very sudden, so even when I woke up, I actually, to take that back, I, there was probably 10 minutes in between mm-hmm. of when um, I had the dream and I w- woke up right away, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning. And... Um, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, just feeling, oh, my gosh, you know, what did that dream mean? And then we got the call 10 minutes later, and it was a very sudden passing. So um, it's not like I went to bed thinking that this was going to happen or I was worried about her. It was a very sudden passing. So um, I I guess in the... Did it seem real when you're in that dream when you were, you know, you were driving your car? I mean, did you put the two and two together kind of right away? Uh, did I think it was real? Yeah, when you when you know a lot of people that experience this, where they see a loved one or they have something like this happen, they it seems like they're right there, they're awake. It's almost like a really lucid dream. Did it seem that way, or was it just um, more of a common no, dream? No, all I can say is that I had a hard time deciphering whether it really happened or. Mm -hmm. It seemed very real to me. I can tell you that to this day, I can tell you every detail of that dream, probably better than I can remember other things. Right. Um, Right. It was, you know, it's just kind of in that in-between state, I guess. Um, I remember being in a deep sleep, but waking up very, very quickly after that had happened. So, um, and I, I just, I remember... You know, obviously when you go through something like that, you're very grief-stricken. And I didn't really pick up back on it, what it really meant, until probably uh, right after her funeral when I was able to reflect back on it. And then I had one more dream about a week after she passed where she came and visited me. And um, she was laying out by a swimming pool. And in that dream, she had referenced the dream I had. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. So that was that was, and I know usually when you're around water, that means the spirit world. So I knew that was mm-hmm. another way of um, her contacting me. But it was a very vivid dream, and I do believe that I was accompanying her as far as I could to the other side. Oh, that's oh absolutely. I mean, to that point, did you consider yourself a spiritual person or a religious person? 
Um, I've um, always been a spiritual person. I've always been involved mm-hmm. in that. But, you know, again, it's I was always reading other people's books and listening to other people's experiences. I feel that I was probably very open to it, so that's why it was easier for it to happen to me. Right. Right. Now, did you share that with your family, with your friends at the time, or is it something you just kind of kept to yourself? Uh, no, I think I did share it with, you know, my mother is very, very spiritual. Um, she's been involved in, um, you know, metaphysics and things like that for probably 45, 50 years. Oh, so wow. I think I did tell her about it uh, within the first couple of days. So. Oh, wow, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that was. So have you seen Sarah since then? You know, she comes in and out of my dreams at very unusual times. And um, I know my sister Chris had a dream about her shortly after my son passed um, Mm -hmm. and told my sister that she was looking out for Brendan, my son. And um, she had a vivid dream. Um, But, yeah, she does come to me in dreams and... Um, you know, as anything, it's a very telepathic-type communication. Right. But um, when I've had some hard times, she's been there and, and appears, and um, it's just more of a comforting presence right. than anything else. Does it help? I, it, I mean, I know help? you've got to still be grieving, you know, for both both your sister and your son, but I assume it would have to help when she does visit well, you. It just reinforces to me that I know where they are and I know that they're okay and I know that they're just one dimension away and that they're always watching over me and they can see what's going on. And then in that essence, they're still alive. Exactly. And that's a good word that you use because that's exactly what I feel sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, in my home or in my Uh dream. It's that essence of them. Right. And that's why they always say no matter what happens, you'll always have them in your heart, and that's that's where they do always reside. Absolutely. So tell us about your son, Brandon. Well, that's um, this is probably a, a um, it, it's kind of a two-parter, um, and I actually think my son's father, I, hopefully he's listening, um, I told him about it that I was calling in because he we had uh dual experiences at the same time that were pretty profound. Um my son again, it was he was 13, died very suddenly and um at the time of his death, I had questions in my mind about whether um he had taken his own life. Mm-hmm. And um it was a very difficult time. It was over the Christmas holidays. Oh. And um, it happened on December 21st, and we weren't going to be able to do any of the formal arrangements, the funeral, till the day after Christmas. And of course, I had a, um, an 11 and a 7 year old, and his death happened when, you know, my other two children were home. So it was a very traumatic, um, dramatic oh, time. Oh, absolutely. And. Um, the night before his funeral, which was Christmas Day, um, I remember going to bed and praying that, um, and I had a 
book that was written by Doreen Virtue, and I used to read a lot of her prayers in there, and I happened to pick a prayer out of the book and read that before I went to bed. And I just said, you know, God, give me strength to get through the day tomorrow um, because I, I, I don't know if I can. Well, um, and I know both of my children, especially my daughter, Tierney, leading up to this had had experiences in the house, not in a dream state, but in the house oh, where wow. they felt and saw his presence. Wow. Um, my daughter went into his room and said, show me a sign that you're here, and the computer actually um, turned on and started logging in all on its own. Wow. Um, and there was just a lot of different things that happened like that. But mine happened in, a, in the dream. And in the dream, and this is probably where my sister Sarah comes back to me again, in the dream um, I was being taken to a place. And at the beginning of my dream I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing or what the purpose of this was. But what I would equate it to is being like in the Superdome, a covered mm-hmm. big arena or, you know, um, a place where a lot of people congregate. And I was with someone, even though I never saw that, I knew that the person I was with I knew very well. And I, in my dream I got the essence that it was my sister Sarah, and okay. she was taking me somewhere. And I remember being in this big convention center and saying, and she, and, and she said to me, you can have anything you want. And I remember looking behind me at this very large wall, and it was just a wall full of spigots that had every kind of drink imaginable, juice, pop, milk, you know, alcoholic beverages, whatever. And I remember saying, well, I'll take some chocolate milk. And, again, this is a dream. It sounds silly, but I remember every aspect of it very clearly. And when I turned to look at this wall with all the spigots, all of a sudden I noticed that there was a lot of activity and a lot of people were coming and going. And I got the impression that I was in, like, some kind of transitional center Mm -hmm. where people were coming in, being processed, and leaving. Mm -hmm. Because it was, you didn't see, like, families or groups of people you just saw right. people going through these lines or, or walking through and someone would be guiding them to this hallway or this hallway or this hallway. And I would just remember being amazed where are these people going. You know, you'd see a, a, a 50-year-old man and then you'd see a 2-year-old and then you'd see an elderly woman and a teenager and it was just all different types of people. Right. So then all of a sudden, and I was sitting in an actual seat um, my sister, who I'm assuming that was, or it was a spirit guide, said to me, okay, it's time to go. We can go now. So we left hmm. this, this big room, and we walked out into a hall, and it was completely different. And I remember being able to look right and look left and just see forever. And it was white, and, you know, you, it was probably the essence of a heavenly-type feeling where there were clouds and um, it was very bright, it was very beautiful, it was very clean, um, serene. 
And um, I looked up and down, and it was like I was given a minute to absorb all this in, and then I was taken into a room. And the room was probably 10 by 10. And the first thing I did when I walked in the room was I looked, and there were pictures, like photographs and Mm -hmm. newspaper clippings and everything all over, covering all the walls, and then um, except for the ceiling. And I remember looking and, and thinking, wow, I know these people in this picture. And I, to this day, I couldn't tell you who that were in the p- picture, but right. I know that this was people I knew and life and all of that. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden I looked to the right and a door opened and in walked my son. Wow. And he kind of walked in sheepishly like, ooh, am I going to be in trouble? Is she going to be mad? <laughs> and um, accompanied by a man. And the man looked at me and said, um, you can ask five questions, but you will only remember one. And he said, and you cannot touch him. Yeah. So I remember sitting down kind of with, my person and him with his person and we and I felt like I was talking for a long time and the next thing I know is I said to him um well do you miss us and he looked at me kind of sheepishly like not really knowing how to respond and all he said was well kinda (laughs) and that was and that was how what kind of response is that yeah yeah. Well, you know, probably because, you know, what it's where he was, and it was a very heavenly place. Um, and probably because he knew I didn't understand probably completely where he was. Right, so the exactly. next thing I know, I am literally sucked out of this room and back in my bed, and I wake up, and it's 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, I sat up in bed, and I said to my husband, you're never going to believe what just happened to me. And he turned and looked at me and said, you're never going to believe what just happened to me. Oh, wow. And I said, well, what happened to you? And he said, well, I was laying there, and um, I heard, Dad, Dad. Well, and he was kind of in a groggy state, and he said, I thought it was one of the other two kids. So I laid there for a minute trying to think of, um, you know, who was calling him. And he right. said, and then he heard again, Dad. Well, he looked up in the corner of our bedroom and um, looked up and saw this blue light. And it was my son from probably his shoulders up. And then the rest of him was just kind of like flowing like ribbons of light. And he looked at, and my husband was not a believer in this at the time. He is now. Time. But yeah, right. um, he clearly said to him, Dad, I'm okay. And he hovered there for a couple minutes and um, then left. And that's when I woke up at the same time, and we both had these experiences almost simultaneously. And then an hour later we got the call from someone saying that my son's death was accidental and, um, you know, we, we knew that he was okay and we got through it. Yeah. Wow. 
You know what I love about this is that your entire family has had experiences. You know, they're so open to it, and I know it doesn't take away that pain, but it has to help just tremendously. And I know there's so many instances where maybe one person has experience, but they're so afraid to share it, you know, with other family members or their friends, and it can make it so much easier because they're afraid of being judged. And I think it's just so beautiful that, you know, so many people in your family have had experiences, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And this, you so know, where do you think so you open. went? Oh, I'm sorry, go go ahead, Janice. No, question? I was going to say, and that they, that, that as a family, that they're so open to the other side. Right. Because, right. you know, this it, it sounds so easy as you speak of it, you know, and some people would just kill to have an experience like this. Well, and, you know, my mom and I have had many conversations about this because she has studied and worked very hard at this for many years. And even, you know, my son's father, to have this experience and be a non-believer, I almost felt like uh, at the beginning a little cheated that he had the visual right there experience and mine Mm -hmm. was more in a dream state. But... Again, um, it doesn't mean that mine wasn't any more real, and I understand that. It's just, you know, it's just how you experience it. But, you know, there have been many times I've sat and meditated as well, and he's come to me. um, But I think a lot of people, they don't listen to that inner voice inside of them that says, Mm, this is a real experience, this isn't something I'm making up. And that's what they're missing is that if they, you know, that, that it is there that they do have to take some time and meditate and concentrate. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think with, you know, with, with his father, he probably needed a little bit more of a two-by-four across the head to actually believe this being a non-believer. And you obviously believing it already, it was easier to come to you maybe in a dream state. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, so when, though, my son, too, knew who to go to, and because his passing was so sudden, I think he did everything possible to make sure that we knew that he was okay because he could see how much we were suffering. And it was right. it, it was uh, it was a tandem effort. Right, absolutely. Well, when you were up there and where you, when you were in this kind of astrodome, where do you think you were? Do you have any idea? Um. You know, for me, my with my own belief, um, the other dimension is what I would say it was. Right. The the, right. the dimension where we go, which yeah. could be in my front yard, really. But <laughs> right. I mean, it is just it's just the higher plane or dimension right. or you know, it's not of this earth. I mean, it's not. <laughs> the earth that we walk on but um if if i had to say it was some type of heavenly realm right um well it's really interesting because i just finished the book the afterlife of billy fingers and he described <gasps> I just something ordered almost it on ex- amazon today yeah it's he described something almost exactly what you just described almost like a big astrodome that's all white there were people of all ages and sizes and everything else actually going in to this to this place and it was almost, I don't want to say word for word, but it just about was how you described it. And That's what it was in his book, 
you know, he said that we all have these, for lack of better words, tribes that we kind of belong to, like what you said, people that we've spent past lives with, people that we have recurring lives with. And they were all meeting in this place. And the fact that when you said you went into that room and you had all the pictures and you felt like it was people from, you know, other lives, people that you were in that soul group with, that's exactly how he described it. Not the room, but the feeling when he walked into this building. And the same thing with the blue and the white light, kind of like the ribbons. Uh, when, if, for people that aren't familiar with this book, um, Billy Fingers actually died in a tragic car accident. He was actually hit by a car and went back to his sister. And that's how his sister saw him, was from the shoulders up and then with kind of ribbons and just kind of engulfed in this blue and white, just beautiful, beautiful kind of cosmic light. So it's just that neat is- to hear kind of almost the same, you know, the same description. Well, and that is so funny you said that um, a, a very close family friend um, just passed away and of my, um, um, my son's father was very close with him. And um, mm-hmm. we just had the wake uh, Sunday night and the funeral on Monday. And something, I was just Googling something, and I, actually maybe it was on Facebook. I saw, I, did you post about Bill, the, the afterlife of Billy Fingers, Mary? Did you have that on your no, page? No, I didn't. I haven't yet, no. Somebody had it on Facebook, and I saw it, and I thought, wow. And for some reason, something in my, kept saying, go to that book, go to that book, get that mm-hmm. book, get that book. So today, I just went on, and it's like speaking so loudly to me. To me, I right. finally went online and ordered it today. And, and I know exactly so why you were getting that. It's the same thing I told you before when, I, when we had met and you had told me your story was that you need to write a book. And when I was reading this book, you kept on coming up saying, gosh, Gretchen has to read this. Gretchen has to read this. I know this is because it's the same perspective. It's a woman writing about, in this case, you know, her brother coming down to her and writing about her experiences. And this well, the, the yeah, number that, of people that, you could help. Well, and I was told two years after my son passed, um, um, through a, um, a psychic that I would write a book channeled through my mm-hmm. son. So mm-hmm. maybe that is what I'm meant to do. Yeah, because, I mean, the whole reason for this show is to have people come on such as you with these amazing stories. And I can't imagine, you know, how much you can help other people that are grieving, that have lost their kids especially. I can't imagine anything worse than that. Same thing with parents or friends or even, you know, a, a family pet. You know, it's just so right. difficult when you don't believe, when you have an idea that there is no such thing as death. You still hurt, of course. You love them and you miss them, but I don't think the pain is nearly as intense as if you just believe they're totally gone and you'll never see them again. Right. Because you know you will. Well, and you have to have faith. And I, I just had a talk with my kid's dad yesterday. We were talking mm-hmm. about that, that... I feel so good that I did bring my kids up to have faith. Now, where they take it as adults, that's up to them. But you have to have some kind of faith or you you won't, I don't mean to say get it, but I don't think you'll have as fulfilling of a life. You won't won't know how to to live your life to the fullest if you don't. Not by, I don't think by a long shot, because you'll never know what you're missing. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Janice, too, I mean, you work with people every day that are dealing with grief and, you know, working from a healing perspective. I can only imagine when you relate your experiences as well, that has to be part, a significant part of that healing process. 
Well, it, it was what my take is. What you know, you were talking about going into this room, and when you looked at that wall, you know, you could have any drink that you wanted. Um, and all of the reading I've done, especially in some of the readings that talk about, you know, going into another dimension or our space beings or something like that, it always seems that that people go to a place where they can be nourished. And they don't know who they're hmm. being nourished by, but they're hooked up to a, an energetic machine, or in your case they had all sorts of drinks that were available to them. And I find that that's very, very interesting because in our dream state, as this, you know, this life happens, maybe that's the part that nourishes us to be able to live here. Hmm. You know, and I never could, that was the one part of the whole dream I could never figure out why I would say chocolate milk. Yes. <laughs> there must be something behind that that I'm missing that, right. you know, chocolate milk, I don't drink chocolate milk. Yeah. You know, as a kid I did. And, and, you know, maybe too, I mean, my kids like chocolate milk, or maybe Brendan liked chocolate milk, my son. Maybe he was trying right. to to validate that he was, you know, kind of living through me at the time or there with me. Right. But that that always left me very, very curious. But your explanation of it m- makes sense about the nourishment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very fascinating. They all go into some kind of a circular building. And whether they are sitting in a chair that is giving them energy or they're, or they're hooked up to something or whatever it is, they are getting uh, being healed at the same time and getting energy, receiving some kind of energy and treatment that helps them get well before they come back down. Interesting. You know, and even in that room, too, I remember the different colors of light, a lot of different colors of light, almost like a, almost like a disco ball light in parts of oh, the room. Oh, wow, yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very interesting. Did you hear music? I, I, what's that? Did you hear any kind of music? Not that I remember, and the reason, no. The reason I'm asking is that I've, I've read so many different books where there is just this almost like angelic humming, no matter where you, where you are when you, you know, when you do cross or even in a near-death experience, there's just this just amazing, amazing music that's just present everywhere. And I thought that was really kind of interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't hear that. I, I'm a very visual person, right. so um, I'm guessing that's why I saw what I saw, because you know that that is just how I how I right. uh, that's... look at things. Um, so I'm guessing, but you know, now that you've said that you've read that book, and from what mm-hmm. you both said, I almost feel privileged to have had that experience. Oh, where... very much so. Absolutely. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. What would you like to tell our audience about what you've experienced? If there's um, one, one thing you want to leave them with, what would that be? I'm going to say probably to definitely keep the faith. And um, truly, whether you're spiritual or religious or neither, go to bed and talk to your loved one that has left and say a prayer and encourage them and don't be afraid and keep yourself open. Talk to them because I believe if you do, they're right here with us every day. 
they will come and they will give you the answers and the comfort you need. But you have to stay open to it. That would be what I would. Right, and you can't be in fear either. I think which is what we talked about before. No, because they're 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 here to help us, and they're sending us messages, and they want to help us have the best quality of life we can. And it's it's beautiful there, and it's not sad. No, absolutely. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your just amazing. I, don't, I hate to call it a story because it's not a story. It's just your amazing experiences and your encounters uh, with your sister and your son, and I'm sure you will continue to have them until you join them one day as well. Well, thanks for having me and allowing me to talk about it because it's so oh, near and dear. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Thank you very, very much. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. So, Janice. Yes. Let me let me get your take on it, on her experiences from. I know you're very much on the spiritual side and usually have one foot on the other side, <laughs> more so than than most of us do. Well, and you know what? If you if you really were to stop and think about it and listen to her experiences, mm-hmm. and then think of in terms of what kind of information you would get if you were talking to somebody was talking about the guides that they use, guides that come to them to help them. It's really the same thing. It is just really, really the same thing. And it it is really true. They are around us. I remember in the instance uh, when my dad died, he died way back in 76. Mm -hmm. And um, both my mom and my brother were scared to death. I'm totally open to this, but my, they were scared right. to death. But my brother on the same night came to all three of us to say goodbye after about 10 years. He couldn't stay anymore, and he had to leave. And he said to my mom, I'm really going to miss watching you bowl, because she used to bowl every Wednesday like clockwork. Oh, wow. You know? And so so did, your, a, did your mom have that same experience that you know, he came to her as well? Yeah, and and, and he he came to my brother, and he came to my mom in a dream. But I was awake. I was in meditation. I was awake, but he came to them in a dream. And it's so funny because the dream scared both of them. I mean, my brother was just, I don't think my brother slept for days. He just, you know, (laughs) freaked out beyond. But, you know, if you don't understand what's going on, and if you do kind of, you know, much of religion actually thinks this is the devil. You may right. think it's a very, very dark thing that's actually happening to you. So it depends kind of the framework of which this is happening, where you are spiritually, I think. And it also kind of shows, you know, how how um, when we grieve and we set up these walls and that, we don't know how dense they are and we don't know how strong they are. And they could be walls of complete blockage where we would not hear or see or feel and so we, you know, they could be standing right next to us, talking to us, and we would be totally oblivious of it, you know. Right. And right. and, no, that, and that, I mean, it makes total sense because you're not, you're not, you have to be open in order for this to occur. Very, and you're very closed much down. So. And it's so sad because you know, even like the Bible says, there are things that are seen and unseen. And when you become open, whether it's through dreams or meditations or however you do it, 
to that unseen world. Mm-hmm. It is extraordinarily beautiful. And just like when, when she said, you know, she doesn't consider her son dead. He's alive. He's still alive. He's still with her. And right, that and he's not. A, it's like he transitions from one room to another. We just exactly. can't actually see him. See him with her physical eyes anymore. Exactly. Right. And what a beautiful way to live. You know, but because it takes the fear of death away. It takes the fear of... Um, Oh, my gosh, all things, all sorts of things that would keep you limited. And not only that, but it helps you expand. Because he Absolutely. Learns, that's, too, he's in school. And that's why he I learns. love where we are right now, because so many people are writing about their experiences. I mean, you had Heaven is for Real, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, and there's dozens and dozens of other books. And some of them are very similar and some of them are very different. But, you know, if you're open to it and learning about it, it's just it really does take kind of the edge off and realizing that, you know what, this isn't it. We've, we've got so much more. And this is only one, you know, one very short lifetime in many that we have lived. And that's a whole right. different conversation. But, but still, it's, it seems like we're, we're here for something so, for so much more than many of us think. Really, and I thought was so very interesting is when she talked about she felt she was in a different, you know, dimension. Right, And right. it could have been in her front yard, you know, because right. the reality is it probably is that close. She probably has ten dimensions in her front yard. Oh, absolutely. And to be able to get, have that gift of being able to feel that energy and feel that love and just getting even a glimpse, you know, of what heaven can be like is such a gift. Oh, and, you know, when you, when you become one, you know, when you truly, truly become one with something like that, it's an right. experience that no one can take away and you want it to repeat forever. Absolutely. And with that, it is time for Illuminations. 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 It's time for Illuminations. Illuminations. Food for your mind. Okay, Dennis, what do you have for us? Okay, well, I tried to find something that would, I always do, try to find, you know, that it would go with our guests. Right, right. And I did find this from John Greenleaf Whittier. Okay. God calls our loved ones, but we lose not wholly what he hath given. They live on earth in thought and deed as truly as in his heaven. Wow, that is beautiful. And mine is from, of course, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, since I just finished this the other day. After you die, you spend a lot of time, solo time, exploring yourself as a universe. Do you believe that? You are the universe. But society teaches you different. Society teaches limitation. Believe me, everything you ever need is already inside of you. And who you really are is far beyond your comprehension. That's why living squeezed into this human experience can be painful at times. It was for me. And that's just one of so many just beautiful, beautiful uh, quotations from that book. And as, you know, what we've always said, there is no such thing as death. No. And I have not read the book, but when you you were talking about his quote about it was so hard for him, did Mm -hmm. he die a natural death or or was he? No, he he did not. He was actually um, a drug addict and he was, I guess, high one night, and he stepped out in front of a car and was killed uh, in a car. Okay. 
So, yeah, it was very, very painful existence for him. Right, absolutely. Well, next month we are going to be back to two shows a month, starting first on Wednesday, October 8th, which is, this happens to be a full moon. So please join us. Uh, but that is our show for tonight, so please keep the emails coming and tell us about your heavenly encounters at heavenlyencountersradio at gmail.com. Also, we are on Twitter at heavenlyradio1, that's the number one. Follow me and I will follow you back. So Janice, thank you again for such a fascinating show, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us once again. Until next month, be inspired, be empowered, and be well. You've been listening to Heavenly Encounters, a journey to the other side. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you.